98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Aaron Tam. National Security Police have reportedly arrested another five people connected to pro-independence group Returning Valiant following the arrests of nine people from the group, including schoolchildren last week. An infectious disease expert has questioned why the airport authority has to wait until August to ask workers entering the restricted area to be fully vaccinated against COVID-19 or show a negative test result. And police have classified the deadly fire in Taipo in the early hours as murder and arson. A woman and two girls Girls died while a man was injured. National Security Police have reportedly arrested another five people connected to pro-independence group Returning Valiant. Francis Sitt has details. Sources told RTHK another five people, aged 15 to 37, have been detained, three of which are students. Police believe one of the students and another detainee had provided funds to the group, while the others allegedly were responsible for planting bombs and purchasing materials. This follows the arrest of nine people from the group returning Valiant last Monday. The nine included secondary school students and a member of a local university. They've been accused of an alleged plot to blow up Hong Kong court Cross harbour tunnels and the railways. Police earlier said the pro independence group recruited people who were planning on leaving Hong Kong for good to commit the acts just before the departure. An infectious disease expert has questioned why the airport authority has to wait until August to ask workers entering the restricted area to be fully vaccinated against COVID 19 or show a negative test result. Timmy Sung reports. Dr. Lan Shichiu told an RTHK radio show that even if all airport staff were inoculated against the virus, they should still be tested regularly as they could infect others even if vaccinated. Two and a half weeks ago, the airport authority issued a statement ordering all staff entering restricted areas to be fully vaccinated or show proof of a negative test result. Dr. Leung says yesterday's sole confirmed case, that of a 50-year-old airport worker with a mutant strain of the virus, most likely caught it at work. All airport staff have been ordered to take a COVID test to root out silent transmissions. Police have reclassified the deadly fire in Taipo in the early hours as murder and arson. A woman and two girls died while a man was injured. It's understood that the man's been arrested. The blaze started on the sixth floor in a subdivided flat on Heung Si Wui Street at about 2 a.m. A patient has died at Tunmun Hospital after being found with a pillow over her face and tissue in her mouth. The incident happened yesterday morning. Here's Robert Kemp. A 69-year-old woman was discovered as a staff member was checking on patients at about 1 a.m. Hospital staff tried to revive her, but to no avail. The woman had previously been in a stable condition after being admitted last Wednesday following a fall. Two Moon Hospital has now called in the police. It said it was deeply saddened by the incident and that the woman's family had been informed. The death has also been reported to the hospital authority and to the coroner. The hospital says it will submit its own report in eight weeks. A former ICAC chief investigator says the government needs to look at whether three senior officials who had a free hot pot meal at a luxurious private club violated codes of conduct. The trio, Commissioner of Customs Hermes Tang, Immigration Director Ao Kawang, and Undersecretary for Security Sunny Ao were fined $5,000 each for breaching the four-person gathering ban. Barrister Stephen Char said the public needed to see the matter was being handled impartially. Pro-Beijing lawmaker Paul 
Malte, sided with Chief Executive Carrie Lam, saying the matter should be put to rest since the officials had been fined. He added it was common for officials to discuss work matters over meals. Chief Executive Carrie Lam has taken a shot at her predecessor, C.Y. Leung, over the idea of building flats on the edges of country parks. She says if the proposal is attractive, the government would have done it a long time ago. Mr. Leung recently brought up the matter after ordering a study on it when he was in power in 2017. Mrs. Lam told a radio program this morning that developing the peripheries of country parks would take longer than other approaches. Pro-government lawmakers have criticized the government for being unfair to the Immigration Department's immigration assistance after a salary review for disciplinary forces didn't match their pay with that of other forces. Unions have expressed disappointment over the discrepancy, and lawmakers say it affects staff morale. Speaking through an interpreter, Secretary for the Civil Service Patrick Nip explained why immigration assistance, or IAs, are paid less. With the change in the social landscape, the nature of work of IA has changed. So there is a recommendation to increase the um, pay points. However, it is not aligned with other discipline services because the number of working hours is less than those of other services. After working several years, the IA would be able to receive incremental jump. There are other enhancements as well. Taiwan's Foxconn and Taiwan Semiconductor say they've reached deals to buy 10 million doses of Germany's BioNTech vaccine, which they'll donate to health authorities. Vicky Wong reports. Foxconn founder Terry Goh wrote on social media that he was gratified the deal had been completed. It'll see Foxconn and Taiwan Semiconductor each buy 5 million doses to be donated to the government. He said the vaccines would come directly from Germany and Beijing hadn't interfered in the negotiation. Taiwan tried for months to buy the vaccine and blamed Beijing for nixing an agreement the two sides were to sign this year. Beijing denies the accusations. Last month, facing public pressure about the slow pace of Taiwan's inoculation program, the government agreed to allow Foxconn and Taiwan Semiconductor to negotiate on its behalf for the vaccines. Around one-tenth of Taiwan's 23.5 million people have received at least one jab. Thousands of people have joined protests against Cuba's communist government in several cities in the biggest demonstrations the island has seen in almost 30 years. Videos posted on social media show people calling for freedom, democracy and demanding vaccines to tackle the coronavirus pandemic. The Cuban president, Miguel Diaz-Canel, went on to national television to urge government supporters to confront dissenters in the streets. In There will be a revolutionary response. We call upon all the revolutionaries of the country, all the communists, to take to the streets to any of the places where these provocations are going to take place. Today, from now on, and in the following days. Firefighters in Northern California are struggling to contain a wildfire that's more than doubled in size in two days as the west of North America suffers an unprecedented heat wave. The blaze has closed a major state highway and California residents have been asked to reduce electricity consumption. Rob Maida is a local meteorologist. This is extraordinarily hotter than a typical early July day for much of the western United States. I can tell you here in the Bay Area, in Northern California, uh, temperatures are anywhere from 10 to 12 degrees above the early July average. So the extremes that the heat is uh, taking these records to is really uh, unprecedented. 
Canada has ordered emergency speed restrictions on the country's railways to reduce the risk of starting wildfires. Spark from trains are common sources of fires during heat waves. The province of British Columbia currently has nearly 300 wildfires. British billionaire Richard Branson has successfully flown to the edge of space in his Virgin Galactic rocket plane, describing it as the most extraordinary experience. Speaking to supporters after touching down safely in the U.S. state of New Mexico, he said the first fully crewed test flight would herald a new era of space tourism with commercial operations scheduled for next year. The head of UK space, Will Whitehorn, said the flight was also important for the wider space industry. This is about regularising access to space and industrialising in space and taking all of these carbon-producing data centres and server farms and the production of solar power into space so that we can actually power our planet from space and we can provide all our digital data from space and stop heating up the planet with it. This heralds an entire era of which tourism is just one part. Police in Haiti say they've arrested a doctor they consider a key suspect in organizing the assassination of President Jovenel Moise last Wednesday. The police chief, Leon Charles, told a news conference that Christian Emmanuel Sanon, whose Haitian had flown into the country on a private jet with what he described as political motives. He said police had found weapons and ammunition at the man's house. A U.S. delegation is due to visit Haiti today to assess the security situation following the assassination of Mr. Moise. President Biden's envoys will also meet the three politicians claiming to be the country's legitimate leaders, including Prime Minister Claude Joseph. Mr. Joseph has asked the U.S. and the United Nations to send troops to help protect infrastructure and safeguard law and order. A Haitian pro-democracy activist and former U.N. official Monique Kleska says Mr. Moise allowed parts of the country to be taken over by gang leaders. The commission to find a Haitian solution has been working for four months and has been saying the people who are committed to making Haiti work for Haitians, let's do a kind of an alliance so that Haiti can be taken out of gang leaders, be taken out of the grip of the people like Jovenel Moise and his political party. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 27,519, 183 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $86 billion. Currencies. The U.S. dollar is trading at 110.11 yen. The euro is standing at 1 U.S. dollar and 18 cents, and the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 78 cents. To sports, Italy are champions of European football. They defeated England in the final of Euro 2020, 3-2 on penalties, following a 1-1 finish through 90 minutes and extra time. Here's the Italian captain, Giorgio Chiellini. It was a tough game, starting the worst way as possible. England scored after two minutes and it is difficult to us because also the, the fans, all, all, the, all the stadium give the energy to, to England. But we was quiet and calm and it's important because we start to lead the match from the 15 minutes and then we start to play, 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 play. We was calm also at the end of the first half. We talked with... We talk uh, all together and say, play, play, play. We find the, the, the right pass, we find the right shoot, and we have to control the game. This is the way to win. The game at Wembley ended after Bukayo Saka's penalty was saved by Gianluigi Donnarumma. 
England's Marcus Rashford and Jadon Sancho, both subbed in to take penalties, also missed from the spot. Here's the England boss, Gareth Southgate, who ran over to console Saka after the miss. That, that's my decision to give him that penalty, you know? So that, that's totally my responsibility. It's not him or Marcus or Jadon. Um, we, we worked together. We, we worked with him in training. That was the, the order that we came to. But that's my call as the coach. The former England captain Alan Shearer says it's a cruel end for his country's young players. Such a shame that it has to come down to a situation like this. We said beforehand it's a horrible situation to uh, to be in. It's amazing for Italy. You said about the goalkeeper earlier on, I think he's been involved in five penalty shootouts and that's all five. Yeah, he's won all five. He's won now. Um, he does make the goal look very, very small. I just feel for Rashford, Sancho and Saka. It's, it's a lot for those young boys to take on in the future and it's so, so cruel. To tennis now. Novak Djokovic has matched Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal by winning his 20th men's Grand Slam singles title. Djokovic came from a set down to beat Italy's Matteo Berrettini in four sets in the final at Wimbledon. The BBC's Lee James was watching. How do you stop Novak Djokovic? 13 years since he won his first Grand Slam title, the Serb was taking another bite out of the centre court grass, as has become tradition. This was hard fought, though, and the nerves showed with history beckoning. A 5-2 first set lead disappeared as Matteo Berrettini settled into his first Grand Slam final. Djokovic wasting set point chances, and a bullet ace clinched the tiebreak for the Italian. But despite Berrettini's courage, the momentum was with Djokovic, and after taking the second set, the top seed wasn't to be denied. His victory moves him level with Federer and Nadal. 20 titles and he says he's not stopping here with the calendar year Grand Slam now in his sights. It's a sixth Wimbledon title and a record equaling 20th major for Djokovic who admittedly who admitted he was feeling the occasion. Yeah I definitely have felt uh, slightly more nervous than I would usually feel uh, at the beginning of today's match uh, particularly the first set I think after the first set was done, I just uh, felt a relief, you know. In some moments, I played too defensive, I would say. Probably, yeah, it's probably due to the nerves and big occasion of finals of Wimbledon and, you know, history on the line. The weather today will be mainly fine and very hot, apart from isolated showers. Currently, it's 34 degrees with a relative humidity of 62%. To end the news, the top stories once again. National Security Police have reportedly arrested another five people connected to pro-independence group Returning Valiant, following the arrests of nine people from the group, including schoolchildren, last week. An infectious disease expert has questioned why the airport authority has to wait until August to ask workers entering the restricted area to be fully vaccinated against COVID-19 or show a negative test result. Police have reclassified the deadly fire in Taipo in the early hours as murder and arson. A woman and two girls died while a man was injured. The news from RTHK.
And welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Monday afternoon. Monday, the 12th of July, is today's date on a very hot day. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll be right here with you until 3 o'clock this afternoon. In about 10 minutes or so, we're going to be hearing about the invisible bag, which is a bag that completely disappears in water. And we'll be chatting with Davina, Davina, uh, Davana Ng, 
and also Flavian Chazogros, the co-founders of these non-toxic and biodegradable bag. And we hope to bring you that interview on uh, Facebook Live as well. Do join us this afternoon there. Noreen Mayer on RTHK Radio 3 is the page to go to. And after the 2 o'clock news, Nathan Solier, fitness coach, joins us to talk about uh, getting better protein into our bodies and whether protein shakes are a good source of uh, protein. And finally, after 2.30, this week on Trash Talk, Marcy Trent Long talks to Charlotte Breyer of Soap Cycling on their latest projects such as the Soapathon and also the May Project.